Coming up on The Glue Guys today, Saturday, March 7th, 2020, Kenny Atkinson, the coach that is basically responsible for the current state of the franchise, has been fired by Sean Marks, the team's GM, and team owner Joseph Tsai. So we will talk about that, what we think about why this happened, what we learned from Sean Marks' press conference, and who may be the Nets' head coach in the 2020-2021 season. Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, hello Brian. Hello, Michael. Hi. <laughs> Talk to me. I want answers. Wow. This is an official emergency pod. I don't know if we've ever had an emergency pod that was this level of an emergency. I mean, even... This is emergent. I'm feeling emergent right now. Even Kevin Durant and Kyrie signing with the team. Yes, that was that's the biggest emergency pod. There's nothing that's going to surpass that. But this is like the most out of nowhere, not even a, a shred of a possibility happening. Kenny Atkinson has been fired as the Brooklyn Nets coach, the guy who built up Spencer Dinwiddie and Joe Harris and helped Jared Allen get to the point where, you know, he's a pretty solid starting center. Uh, he built this franchise up to the degree where they could take D'Angelo Russell and make him an all star. And he's been fired. Brian, how are you? I am. I'm good. I'm conf- really. I'm just in a state of angst, confusion. I'm vexed. Really, is what it is. Is that that combination of the two things? I don't know what's going on. Somebody tell me what the hell is happening here, Mike. So where we are at right now, we're recording this at 2:20 on Saturday afternoon. We just watched Sean Marks's press conference where he talked for 20 minutes and essentially confirmed nothing. Though there are some things that we will pull out of it. I think the first thing that I really kind of want to lay into. And I'm going to title this pretty dramatically. People are already up in arms that the culture still exists. But this is truly the day that the Nets culture, the Nets culture that we love, I'm not just saying culture itself, but Nets culture died today, Brian. It is last Jedi level, burn the past, kill the past if you have to. The Nets took the guy. There's two people that are responsible for what the Nets are right now. It's Sean Marks and it's Kenny Atkinson. Kenny Atkinson's been fired, and Sean Marks, no matter what he said, when I listened to that 22-minute press conference, that was a guy who actually didn't want to fire his buddy, Kenny Atkinson. He he continually talked about how personal relationship that him and Kenny had, and at first, he laid the blame on himself and that they, him and Kenny, allegedly mutually agreed to part ways, which... No matter what is said, I I will never believe it's a mutual parting of ways. This guy, Kenny Atkinson, built this team. And this is the Nets culture that we all know and love, which is like you take, you know, underappreciated assets, guys who are off the quote unquote scrap heap, Joe Harris, Spencer Dinwiddie, whoever else you want to name. Now it's Timothee Luwalu Cabarro, maybe Chris Chioza. (laughs) You know, like we continually get this flow of guys who are underappreciated and turned into something real. Like, Joe Harris is going to get paid, whatever, $15 million at least this summer. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie is getting paid that right now. And that is actually a, a unique thing that was happening here in Brooklyn. And the person who led that, yes, Sean Marks has built the structure around the team, but Kenny Atkinson is uniquely gifted at development. 
And that's maybe part of the why he got fired. And to be fired now, after a win, we're, we're led to believe that Kenny Atkinson knew that last night's game was going to be his last game no matter what. It wasn't necessarily an immediate surprise for Kenny Atkinson this morning that he had been fired. Whatever, mutually parting of the ways. He had been fired. This team as we know it is dead. And that may not actually necessarily be the worst thing in the world. I know there's a lot of Nets fans who are really... Who are angry you know they're like Nets Twitter has never been angrier than they have been this day because everyone so appreciated Kenny Atkinson but the team as we know it this beautiful little bubble of growth and development and progress over everything else is done and the Nets are officially diving into the pool of shark infested waters of stars only basketball of the land of the Lakers the land the Knicks have been trying to playing in for years the Nets are in this water of if two players on the team don't like you, and I'm not even necessarily saying that's certainly the case, but if two players on the team don't like you, that means you as a coach are done. <laughs> the power structure for the Nets was very Come much on. like the power structure for the Nets was very much like a pyramid. And the, the, the little top triangle was Kenny Atkinson and Sean Marks, and then the players were below that, and then blah, 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 blah. Right now, it is essentially I don't know. I, I I don't I don't know if there's another physical structure, uh, a suspension bridge. We're at two ends of the suspension bridge, the Brooklyn Bridge, if you will, are oh, nice. Kevin Durant on one side and Kyrie Irving on the other, and they will shake the bridge. And who, yes, you are allowed to pass on that bridge and stay within Nets Lane. This is a they're real not even analogy. on the same side of the suspension bridge. No, they control. Well, if you're a bridge, <laughs> like, I feel like it's, it's maybe are, are the two different ends. <laughs> well, I feel like it could point. be like the players on one side and then like Sean Marks on the other, and like the coach is just. What is, what is it the, the name well, of the, the elephant analogy, that they had? Brian, well, though, the analogy is w- the controlling of the structure and the the power structure of a bridge are are either ends. That's to to be allowed to pass on to it. Trust I understand. me. Don't, let's not get in the weeds here. <laughs> okay. Kenny just trying Atkinson to refine got, the analogy. No, Kenny Atkinson has been fired. Um, um, let me ask you this: This is kind of sort of an apropos, and just sort of not to get too much in the weeds on this, but apropos that we hammerjacked the San Antonio Spurs last night leading into this decision here, um, a team in which people point to and say culture has driven their success year in and year out, and yet it is conspicuously timed with their lack of elite star talent that their culture seems to not be providing them the base through which they can win a whole lot of games like they normally do. Um, do you think at the elitist levels that, like, yeah, at its best, in my opinion, I think culture is, you know, a a it's a superficial kind of thing that a lot of mostly like mediocre teams traffic in. Um, but that truly winning at the best levels, like people generally understand that it's about transcendent individual talent and you have these small windows in which that you can operate. We point to the Spurs and say that that's like an example of culture at its best but i do think that it's hard to distill that culture when you have so much star talent on that roster year in and year out um and now it's a little bit it's a little bit hard to make that argument um now that they're sort of fallen out of out of favor um i don't know does that resonate with you at all mike what that development is impossible at a certain level like i think in order to like ethic it is sort of like a hermit cra- or what is it? You know, you need to find a bigger shell. There's like a there's like a cozy comfort of of a culture shell, but in order to win at a larger at a higher degree, you have to sort of break out of that paradigm and into placating massive egos of star athletes. Yeah, and and 
so it's been proven over and over again. We can point to the Spurs, but the Spurs were such a unique organization. And honestly, the Spurs even themselves were based around stars. They they came through. Yes, we we can all love Greg Popovich. And honestly, Greg Popovich's name is going to come up later in this podcast. But that the the Spurs were focused through Tim Duncan. And it was because of Tim Duncan and what he valued that allowed Parker to develop and Ginobili to develop and all this sort of the the role players that developed even under them to develop. That was through Tim Duncan. We, we had no idea, especially at that time, too, how good Kawhi was going to be. I mean, like that was um, he got he got very good at the end. But when they were winning that 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 championship with him, like he that was like his sort of Super Saiyan moment. So it so here's again, we're there's so many things that we're going to discuss, but like. If you want to be reassured that this is not the worst move in the world, the one thing you have to understand is that pretty much every championship contender has fired their coach before they won that championship. You can even, I mean, Mark Jackson's a name that's going to be brought up in this role because Rich Kleiman loves Mark Jackson so dearly. Um, Mark Jackson was fired from the Warriors. They hired Steve Kerr. Mark Jackson was a guy who took the Warriors from a bad team, turned them into a really good team, and he was fired. So Steve Kerr could take him from really good to great. Uh, Magic Johnson had a coach before Pat Riley that Pat Riley, when it was Paul Westhead or whatever, the Westfall, I think there's all these in the history of the NBA, pretty much the guy who, who coaches the immediate superstar team is fired to then bring in the next guy. Doug Collins in Chicago is fired to bring in Phil Jackson in Miami. Miami is basically the only situation where you've had a coach in place, star players come in, and then that coach maintains and then wins a championship with those players. That yeah. was a completely... But it was, it was very hairy for a hot second. Like, the, I mean, you you recalled some early Spolter days where Pat Riley was itching to get back in the coaching chair. And and But, but it was because, actually, Pat Riley didn't want a coach that... Spolster remained. If if Pat Riley had said in those Miami here, yeah, he, if he said I want a coach, well, he can then fire Spolster. Every situation, even in Cleveland, we you know we're going to talk about Tyron Lue later. But let in, me add this little piece to the to the puzzle. Those other guys got a chance uh, to coach the team with the actual roster that would go on to win championships. Kenny didn't even get a crack at it. He didn't even get his crack. Right. So Kevin do you Durant. think he deserved a shot at it? So that's what a lot of people have been saying. And uh, I don't know if that, I mean, does on like a macro scale, does, if you are fairly certain that he doesn't have like whatever those chops are, and I don't know if management is sure of that or not. I don't know what their like opinion is. Uh, It seems to be that their opinion is that they don't think he had the chops. Do you want to even, you know, play around with those 18 games, let discontentment get sewn into the, any amount of like um, negative juju in those first 18 games is probably something that they would really like to avoid if possible um, going into like what they're hoping is going to be a championship season type run next year. <clears throat> if I'm being like super ruthless, I'd say like, yeah, there's like a, there's like a pretty straight like math to, to that. Um, if I'm being sentimental, I, my heart says Atkinson's done a lot for this team. And if he wanted to do that, I think he should have been given the opportunity, but uh, I tend to be a little bit, you know, on the on the ruthless side, Mike. You know me. I'm a dog. I'm a road dog. <laughs> I mean, know? so there was a couple of interesting moments in, in Sean Marks's press conference, which will link into what we're saying right now. And one of them was a reporter asked specifically after Marks had said repeatedly, like, Kenny and I mutually parted ways. It was a decision him and I made. And then Marks begins to introduce more and more that it was a decision between ownership, Sean Marks. And Kenny Atkinson. 
ownership being Joseph Tsai. He's the primary decision maker for the team. This isn't like there's like this isn't the Secaucus seven, right? There, there's one dude. Uh, nice shout out to Nets history, by the way. Thank you very much. There's one person that's making most of the decisions from ownership, and it's Joseph Tsai. So he begins in this press conference to introduce more and more that ownership was a part of this decision, because partly because he doesn't want to lay it on the players. And be, uh, everyone knows if Marks begins to say in consultation with our players, then everyone's going to go bonkers and say it's Kyrie and KD got Kenny Atkins and fired, and then we're all super-duper mad. Um, in the press conference, someone asked specifically to Sean Marks, you know, you say about how Kenny, it was, whatever, it was like obvious that Kenny, uh, the team needed a different voice, and the team needed to go in a different direction now. The, the reporter then asked the question, but shouldn't also then Kenny have got, gotten a chance to coach Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, a chance that he never got? How could you know that he's the right coach for the team going forward if he never got the chance to coach those two guys? And Mark says specifically, I think this is word for word, I would have loved for him to have that chance, but the moment just wasn't calling for it. So <laughs> to me, that was the most revealing thing that Sean Mark said in a press conference where he refused to go into detail and it's a constant problem for Sean Marks because he, he to not allow any detail makes us make up a whole bunch of stuff, which is what we're kind of doing right now. That Marks had admitted at that point that that he would have wanted Kenny Atkinson to have the shot at coaching Kyrie and KD next season and whoever else the third star is, whether it's Levert or whatever else. But the moment, meaning outside forces, meaning Kyrie's opinion, Kevin Durant's opinion, Joseph Tsai's opinion prevented that from happening. More powerful forces within the organization, he didn't say this directly, made it so that this wouldn't work. And yes, they can say that Kenny and Sean mutually agreed to part ways. I I can tell you if they would have given Kenny Atkinson a three-year extension or like if they had asked like, hey, would you want an extension or you want to leave? I think Kenny Atkinson would have said, oh, I will take the extension. He didn't want to leave. And I think it became obvious. The reason why we're calling it mutual is because it became obvious that Kenny Atkinson to himself wasn't going to be here. And what's the point of continuing to coach this team if there's nothing that he could do at this point to to be able to get the coaching job for next season? So it's your opinion that Sean Marks wanted to keep him and Joe Sy wanted to let him go. Is that the that's the subtext of what you're saying here? I, I think if there weren't the forces of Kyrie, KD, and Joseph Sy, and if it was only Sean Marks in his little vacuum bubble that Sean Marks could be living in but doesn't live in anymore, he would not have let go Kenny Axon. Not on his own opinion, but the opinions of others who do matter. And I'm not saying that it's undeserved. Like ultimately, if Kyrie and Kevin Durant, though I can't really we can't really lump Kevin Durant into this because he hasn't played basketball this year. But if Kyrie and some of the other players and Joseph Sy believe that Kenny Atkinson wasn't getting it done, well, frankly, you know, the team is within its right to fire Kenny Atkinson. Um I don't think Sean Marks wanted to make this move by some of the things he said, but that he felt that the moment that this was the moment to do it. That there are too many other people now saying this isn't going to work with Kenny Atkinson. It's time to move on. Um, do you do you agree though? Do you think Marks how how culpable was Sean Marks in this decision, Brian? So there are some weird parts in there where they um, 
they like make re- he makes reference to like this not being a specific event that there weren't any clashes just healthy debates things like that um and me just like sort of trying to sift through Marx is kind of masterful in like in in not in, in talking for a long time and not giving any real content um and I think that's like part of his like it, it's a real like ability for uh, for a GM to hold a press conference like that and sort of play play it so close to the vest for so long um but I guess if I'm like looking for any kind of I don't know tension there that was the moment where it happened but he was like yeah but healthy debates are what this is all about and if you're not challenging each other and so he does like a good job of sort of polishing that that thing as well so <clears throat> I don't I don't know there there was so much there's so much reference being made to the amicableness. I'm assuming that when Kenny comes out, he's going to echo those exact same thoughts. Uh, so it's going to be really hard to like trace any any true animus between those two. And um, yeah, I, I think that that would be tough. So like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm still like searching for like the real true culprit. <laughs> and I think that like, uh, I I don't know. I the the weird thing too is like the amount of um, sort of references being made to like the players and the player meeting and like, you know, you know, that, that seems to be, it seems to be like players plus Joseph Sai had some kind of, there is a unspoken sort of issue going on. It's really hard for me to understand, I guess, without any more context. Yeah. So I'm going to get into a new segment that probably will only exist for this episode called theories, new segment called theories. And in this segment, we will dive into uh conspiracy theories about why the Nets fired Kenny Atkinson. And before we do, though, I just want to say, I mean, we'll get to it, but like, thank you, Kenny Atkinson. Like, I feel like, like, honestly, no, because no coach, you know, being a pro coach, it's like either you win a championship or everyone's going to hate you and think, think thinks you're dumb. And the one thing that this firing affords Kenny Atkinson is um, he will forever be in like uh, held in high esteem by Nets fans because of what he did, how hard he grinded to get the Nets from being a really crappy team to making them a team that you know has Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant on it. It is because of Kenny Atkinson. It's because of D'Angelo Russell's improvement and Spencer Dimity's improvement and Joe Harris's improvement and Karis LeVert's improvement. But that all those little major minor improvements are all tied to one person. Yes, kind of Sean Marks, but really Kenny Atkinson. And, you know, this firing affords him the fact that, like, you know, if he had coached the team next year and the team was underperforming and the team sucked, then all we'd all be like, oh, well, Kenny Atkinson wasn't the good coach. But now he's turned into kind of a martyr and he's ta- turned into a guy that, like, everyone's like, you know what? How could you hate? How could you do this? How could you do this, Kenny Atkinson? Totally. I think also just as, like, for his next position um, going into just the, the hiring pool with the brand being like, I am the guru of like the rebuild. That's a great, that's like a great <laughs> brand to have and something that he can like use forever. Um, like if you want like one of the elite getting your team from like zero to 50 kind of guys, not being maybe like 50 to a hundred, but you know, a zero to 50 guy, which is, which is arguably much more difficult. Um, I can't think of a better choice really than, than Kenny Atkinson. Right. And in the business world, there are CEOs or company founders who found a company and they build it up and then they flip it and then do it again. They do it multiple, multiple times. And maybe Kenny Atkinson is the coach version of that where he is brought in 
to gruel through a bunch of losses, but then we'll develop players. I mean, everyone keeps bringing up the Knicks, and the Knicks would, I, you know, that would for the Knicks, it would hurt to see him coach the Knicks because I think he would also do a really good job. Um, but he would make less. Okay, let's get to theories. Let's dive into theories. So each of these, I think, will all end up being all tied together in the end. But I'm going to go through sort of the primary reasons why Kenny Atkinson could have been why he got fired. Okay, the first one is the most obvious one, which is the the KD Kyrie led firing. Uh, you know, we've already seen some reporting that um, Pooch reported Anthony Puccio that some players wanted Kenny out. A lot of other people after Pooch said that have followed along suit and said some players. It's interesting that it's classified in that way because it clearly means not everyone. It's not like a John Beeline situation. John Beeline with Cleveland seemed like everyone wanted him out where I'm sure just telling personalities from the TV, like Jared Allen probably didn't care. Joe Harris probably didn't care. Spencer Dinwiddie, maybe he's like, he was probably like the swing vote in the, in the, he's a mercenary. No, he's after numero uno. I yeah. think he cares either way. So who, okay. Which players, this is obvious, but which players have the most, the most power on the team? It's Katie and Kyrie. We know that Kevin Durant, when he got, when he came over to the Nets, the thing that he had, he said at his introductory press conference was that he, he watched Kenny Atkinson's press conferences on YouTube and liked what he saw, which, um, which in now actually retrospect at, at first it felt like, oh, this is great. He loves Kenny Atkinson. Now it's like, it's kind of low regard to go mm-hmm. to YouTube to watch press conferences of your coach. It's like, I don't sure. know who he is really. So I had to go yeah. to YouTube. It's not like, cause like no, you wouldn't have to do no, that with Mike Budenholzer. Seem, yeah. More shady for sure. Um, and Kyrie's obvious. I mean, Kyrie's career has been littered with coaches that he hasn't got along with. Mm. And and I will say this. So one of the candidates that and this is informative for Nets fans, one of the candidates that is now being mentioned for this job is Ty Lue. Ty Lue, co- of course, coached Kyrie in Cleveland. They won a championship together. Ty Lue, who is a guy who I think a lot of teams will now probably want because of what he's done before at his previous stop. There's a lot of reporting out there with after Kyrie left Cleveland of the clashes that Ty Lue and Kyrie had. There's one specific report from Jackie McMullen. I think it came out in 2018 where she walks through this like epic practice clash between Lue and Kyrie where Tyron Lue is basically trying to get Kyrie to get down the f- floor faster to actually get Richard Jefferson or J.R. Smith into their offense better. And Kyrie was like, well, if I'm going to go at my own pace because I can score whenever I want. And Lou's like, well, no, you should help out these guys. And mm-hmm. Kyrie says, that's 23, 23's job, 23 being LeBron James. Mm-hmm. And then apparently Lou <laughs> walked away and shook right. his head. Right, classic. Um, that, it's informative to know Lou's name is going to be linked. But mm-hmm. Kyrie and Lou didn't get along and was part of the reason why Kyrie wanted out of Cleveland. So just... Just so we all know, though, of course, knowing Kyrie, he probably wishy-washed. And now he's like kind of pro- he, he does probably regret his actions, which he even said in the Jackie McMullen piece. But we- OK, yeah. Yeah. You so what about the timing of this, though, it makes it more or less likely that it's like a Kyrie KD led thing? I mean, because for me, it's like such an odd time. They're both out for the I mean, I know that you're going to cringe when you hear this, but they're both out for the season. Um, but, uh, and maybe it's because it seems like such an odd time that it, it helps keep the flack off of them. If they, like, if they're, if you're playing a couple of narratives ahead, um, and you're thinking that you're going to want to let 
can he go maybe anyways, like, you know, you give him a crack into the mid season, whatever you're thinking that he's like sort of on the fence with, with, or you're thinking that you're on the fence with keeping him anyways. Like it looks much better for Katie and Kyrie to let him go now versus mid season next year. Then the headlines really read, Oh, another like coach corpse and Kyrie's wake. Um, to like a much more extreme extent, like right now, like Kyrie and Katie can kind of coast under the radar a little bit. It's not like, I mean, they're part of the headline for sure, but um, I don't think they're they're leading it in the way that it, it would be midseason next year. I think the reason why the timing of the firing is right now is that I was speaking to someone and now the reporting's kind of out there. I was speaking to someone who like that I now know that does know sort of things that happen in the NBA. And he had told me that. Everyone pretty much believed that there would be an opening in Brooklyn this summer, okay? So what I believe has been happening is that Kenny didn't know at the start of the season that he would be out by the end of the season, but I think it became evident, and Sharmark's basically confirmed, I mean, he did confirm it, I mean, particularly by firing Kenny Atkinson, but I think Atkinson learned early on that things weren't going great between him and Kyrie, and Throughout the season, Kenny would specifically mention in every press conference, not everyone, but a lot of them, that his and Kyrie's relationship is growing. And everything Kenny did was about trying to appease Kyrie. And he was trying to be very understanding. He never threw Kyrie under the bus in any circumstance, not with the injuries, not with the comment that Kyrie said that we definitely need another piece. And why I think the the firing happened now is that Kenny had has felt like, he probably knew that he was going to be fired at the end of the year. And he's probably known it for a while. And he kept trying to win as many games as he could to try to turn the tide back to his way to prove that, in fact, he should stay. And it must have gotten to a certain point internally where Kenny even knew he's like, this is hopeless. There's I'm not maybe it's because Kyrie stopped talking to Kenny or something, which Kyrie has been known to do. Kenny knew that whatever he was going to do for the rest of the season, even if he was going to get them into the playoffs and also knowing that they weren't really going to win any games, that there was that now might as well end the season for himself now. I mean, again, they say mutually agreed to parting. That is maybe the one way that it's actually mutually agreed to, which is that Kenny knew he was going to be fired. Sean Marks knew he was going to fire Kenny Atkinson. And Kenny just went to Sean Marks and said, like, you know, what are we doing here? We know this is all going to end. Why don't we just end it now so I can look for a next job and you yourself can look for a next coach. That's why I think it's happening now as opposed to at the end of the season. It was a, actually that it was kind of Kenny's decision. Can we do a, a really brief explain that tweet interlude here? Yes. Your uh, boy, Doug Barrick in the, in the chat, pointed me in the, in the direction of this Torian Prince tweet. It says, this is at uh, noon. Um, or wait, sorry, this was yes, no, Anyways. yeah, it was like last uh, night. Last night, how could I trust you when you didn't get out the creek with me? Do you think that's related to this at all? Is this a cryptic Kenny Atkinson no. tweet? No, because Torian Prince, if you follow him on Twitter, he just says a whole <clears throat> bunch of cra- crazy stuff all the time. That is <laughs> okay. like, that's like as if he's like a um troll that lives under a bridge and comes out with riddles. <laughs> Torian <laughs> yeah, Prince, is... like, doesn't really make all that much sense. He, he says, very, he says, sort of like, it seems like he's always being discounted or shots are being taken at him. I don't take any credence in that. Also, I okay. don't think Torian Prince is the has any sway. It's not like it's not like Joe size calling up Torian Prince and saying, "Hey, what do you think about this guy Kenny Atkinson?" No, but maybe he's dancing on his. You know, he didn't start last night, Mike. <laughs> so, so this could be shots fired for that. 
I, that's the only, but I, maybe it's shots just, fired and maybe he didn't like, reaching. Yeah. no, maybe he didn't like Kenny, but I also don't think that Torian Prince has any influence on the Nets organization. No, no. I was thinking more, not as an influence, but like a dancing on the grave kind uh, of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So pretty crazy, Bri. Um, do you, do you think how, okay. So turning back to the KD Kyrie theory. No, how impactful do you think they were into this firing? I don't know because Kenny and Kyrie tried to like tried to be publicly as buddy buddy as humanly possible. Uh, they both like spoke glowingly of each other at every turn. Um, Kenny was like eager to to sort of lay on any grenade that was Kyrie related. Um, if any of this is related to that, I think it's like this could be just like truly basketball related decision making. And in that case, like I don't know how much Kyrie and Kevin influence it. Assuming a little bit, but I do think that like Kenny's issues here stem from a lot of what you see like in game, a lot of those like <laughs> a lot of those problems that people like on Twitter like re about constantly, um, and I sort of like privately re about. Um, but but um, yeah, like I, I don't think he did anything to, but make it like more and more difficult on them to make this decision. Um, so if it was if it was a conversation, I it was. I don't know how forthright they could have possibly been about like, hey, we're, I don't, we're not so sure about this guy. I think that's tough. Yeah, I don't think so. I actually I agree with you that it's basketball related. But so I the Katie Ky- Kyrie piece is not a personality thing. Like, I don't think it's like a Ty Lue, like Ty Lue Kyrie clashing. And then there maybe David Blatt had personality defects that really pissed off a lot of players. I think probably like they like Kenny Atkinson. And I do think it's basketball related decisions you know Kyrie has always been described as a basketball genius Kevin Durant the same and when he when Kenny Atkinson first talked about when Kyrie and KD got signed and I think Kenny Atkinson was first on Mike Francesa's show which Mike Francesa now doesn't have a radio show which is how long ago this was um Kenny Atkinson said how excited he was to coach KD and Kyrie so very excited and also that he's excited to learn from them and that he and he even kind of said he was like, like, basically, like, I don't know if I'm ready to do this, you know, not that he couldn't, but he was like, you know, I'm going to have to prove myself to these guys. He had said that even at that time. And I and what must have happened throughout this season, even as minute limited minutes that Kyrie had played is that Kyrie alleged basketball genius that he is was just not impressed with what Kenny was doing. And and we also know that the developmental progressive BS that the Nets do, like having the Fitbits and stuff and the heart rate monitors as they practice and all that type of stuff, that Kyrie didn't want to do any of that crap. So the impressive angle of Kenny Atkinson is this like cutting edge development. That stuff actually kind of like turned Kyrie off. And what he what Kyrie probably just wants from a coach is like, a guy, I mean, he's had so many different types of coaches, so it's pretty crazy. You don't know what he would want. Um, there's there's a couple of names that I think would be very intriguing for Kyrie, but yeah. There's also some like real statistical blemishes this season. Like they're um, yeah, they're the worst fourth quarter offensive team in the NBA. Right. And yeah. that that's a coaching thing. They lose thing. leads terribly, you know, a bunch of stuff. So like that's kind of the point I want to get to. This is crazy, <laughs> and this is bad organization, and this is, you know, um th- th- this is letting really powerful players just run your organization, which again, not that unique in the NBA. You, you ask anyone who Clippers sort of Lakers, into the cake. If you have a really good team, this I is know. just what happens. Okay. Yeah. But it is a bad organizational thing that uh, the guy who built your organization as a coach 
gets fired in this very strange, abrupt way. That's not like yeah. how it really should be done. But I mean, think back to like how toxic the environment, you know, was uh, with the Lakers. Like they had a whole long story about how insane the organization was. And now look at the Lakers win record. So, you know, these things always seem very turbulent at the time that they're happening, but um, they sometimes they can precede some some good outcomes. So I, I think that's really, again, we're trying to look for silver linings here, folks. The silver lining playbook here, boys. The silver lining in this all is that, okay, well, we had Inshar Marks we trust, right? Hashtag Inshar Marks we trust. So if we do trust Sean Marks, even though I do believe that if Marks was by himself, he would not have fired Kenny Atkinson. Well, he's still going to be the same guy who hopefully will have some influence on who the next coach will be. Though I do fear that it's like, we all fear Mark Jackson, I think. We all fear that <laughs> Mark Jackson will be plucked from the ABC booth and placed at the end of the Nets bench and that he will be the guy who will be leading the charge. And I've always kind of like, I've always thought Mark Jackson, Mark Jackson deserved another shot, but I don't want it to be in Brooklyn. I really don't. If we're, if we're worried about in-game tactician, Mark Jackson isn't your guy. Mark Jackson to me is like more of like a a, a person who will bring a team together emotionally. Yeah, he's a zero to fifty guy. He's he's in the competition for like Kinnick. They're sort of peers on that in that way. And and the one thing Mark Jackson could bring is that like the Warriors players loved him, and they were heartbroken when he was fired. And if you like look back at when Steve Kerr was hired, like Steph was pissed, Clay was pissed that Mark Jackson was fired. They loved him, and this team could use that kind of like. Um, uniting force in the locker room for sure. It seems that way at least. But if we're also looking for a tactician, not my man Mark Jackson. That's not what he's known for. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay. Yeah, so I mean, do you want to go into coaching options or is that not? One, one, I, got, I have two more theories I want to spouse, but really the third theory gets right into coaching options. So this is one that this is my thing that I think actually is is the truth is that Joe Sy is the primary driving force for what happened. Again, we've had in the press conference, Sean Marks only talking about it's him between him and Kenny, and then it expands larger, and then he's talking about ownership. And ownership, again, is Joe Sy. In his short tenure as Nets owner, he fired a team president, David Levy or Levy, whatever. Uh, he hired, and in a span of a few months, David was fired. Now Kenny Atkinson, again, the coach that built the Nets, is gone. And Stefan Bondi from New York Daily News says, um, this is a this is from the tweet that he tweeted this out. I don't know if it's in his article yet, but the decision to move on from Atkinson was reached by Nets owner Joe Sy after Sy met with players. Okay, well, it's unusual for an owner midseason to just have a meeting with players. So which kind of like leads into like, why was he meeting with a whole bunch of players? What was he talking about? Was it a formal meeting? Was it an informal meeting? Was it amongst a series of conversations Josiah was having? But we have now seen Josiah, the new owner of the Nets, come in, hire and fire team president, and now fire head coach at a very awkward time in the season when this team is allegedly competing for the playoffs. Um, now, I think the theory one of KD and Kyrie led the firing is really tied to Josiah. And those two theories are together into one Hydra theory. And that is basically like Josiah was talking to Katie and Kyrie, or at least just Kyrie, and was like, what do you think of Kenny Atkinson? And Kyrie continually said, 
not impressed. And Joe Tsai, who's an aggressive businessman, as a lot of owners are these days, made the decision, as he did with the team president, to fire Kenny Atkinson because he was ready to roll. He wasn't, he's not a guy who's going to, who's all about long term uh, commitment. No, he's like, he wants to make this happen now as the Nets should. Do you, do you, are, do you think uh, Joe Sai is the agent of, of disaster <coughs> well, and chaos? True boy in the chat, Dwayne Chandler, thanks for hanging out and thanks to everyone on stream. Uh, says the owner meddling in the rock room is not a good precedent. Mike, this is something that you've been sort of angling at for a while. Um, that, that precedent. What's that precedent? The, the Joseph Sai meddling in the locker room and in basketball decisions. That's something that you've been sort of poking at. Is that, is that beginning to foment more in your mind? Yeah. So what I think it is, is that obviously owners are super involved. I think it's like the casual nature that we're seeming that Joe Sai is seeming to just be involved in these decisions. I just, I remember, so everyone was I guess excited for Mikhail Prokhorov to no longer be owner. And we we're all excited for Joe Psy because of how rich he is. I It seemed at the time that people were like, wow, this is awesome. Joe Psy is now the owner of the Nets. What, how lucky we are. I don't think they were like excited that Prokhorov was done. But I want to say this about Prokhorov. I'd rather have a super duper duper rich billionaire owner who didn't care to be in the day-to-day operations than a super duper duper rich billionaire owner who did want to care about the day-to-day operations. I'd rather a hands-off approach from my owner because then that lets basketball people run the team. Joe Sy's not doing that. He's involved. He's in it. You know, he's talking to these players. It's definitely a bit of a spectrum. Um, you know, the hands-off plus, because I think like Mikhail Prokhorov's hands-offness in the beginning was probably not great. Uh, it let like, certain, you know, operational mechanisms get out of hand and lead us into some like really dangerous territory, obviously. Um, but then by the end, like we had corrected the course, um, with a little bit of influence, I'm assuming from Prokhorov. I mean, I know like uh, a lot of his team was involved in, in hiring Sean Marks and all that. Um, so for me, it kind of goes from a spectrum and I agree that like overly involved owner at, at its worst, it's like, you know, James Dolan sort of level, like toxicity, um, like issuing press releases, <laughs> yeah, after like literally handwritten on. scrawl of like yeah. F you Spike Lee. Um, yeah. So I agree. And it does seem to be that I like, just say like, and Doug Barrick in the chat says hands decision was another example. Um, that does seem to be like, you know, the, the beginning, the emergence of, of, uh, him as like an actual sort of decision maker, um, in the basketball sense, which is so if people don't know what the hands decision is, Jalen hands was second round pick for the Nets this year. And what we do know is that Joseph Sy had watched Jalen hands play basketball at high school and UCLA when hands was on the team, went to China for the China trip that Joe Sy was basically the the host of during that time. And there's a video of Joe Sy while Jalen hands is at UCLA. And like they, he talks about his relationship with Jalen hands. And then that guy magically ends up the second round pick for the Nets. The unprovable conspiracy, though, is that Josiah was like, you know, wrapping the, you know, in the award table, flipping, flipping desks and saying, give me hands. Give me Mr. Hands. Um, we don't know that that happened. But yeah. He did end up on the team. And we were told by someone who knows this stuff that that uh, Jalen Hands, that pick was not made by Josiah. But I will I will point out that some people are, can get lied to. And <laughs> and I, I choose to believe actions over. Uh, words. That's what I've always believed, Brian, and that's why Kevin Durant is going to come back this season. Um, third theory, and this this goes into ba- coaching candidates. On it, and this is the the least sexy one, but that 
they honestly believed Sean Marks and Joe Sy honestly believed that there's a better coach to be had, that Kenny Atkinson wasn't it, that he was 100% not that female dog. As Lizzo would say, as I continually reference that, you know, we, you talked about that this. A, that was a big track for you. You, you referenced that track a lot. Yeah. It's, it's pretty monumental in the history yeah. of the world. Uh, <laughs> yeah. that, that honestly, like the timing of this is weird, but Kenny Atkinson had proven to Sean Marks, Joseph Sy, Kyrie Irving, whoever, that he wasn't going to be the guy that to take them all the way, to take them from good to great. He'd made them from horrible to good, but that extra 15%, whatever that is, extra 15% of development, that wasn't going to happen under Kenny Atkinson. He, he, we had cited the stats. They are the worst fourth quarter offensive team in the NBA. They had blown as many 10-point leads as anyone in the NBA. They probably are now leading that category. John Schumann had that stat a couple of weeks ago, and now it, they had blown another 10-point lead, at least one, if not two. Um, and yes, injuries are a factor, and you know, Kenny Atkinson was coaching a team where he had to greatly rely upon a recovering Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie to play in a role he had never played in, in frankly, his entire career. But that team, this team has underperformed this year, and it underperformed in a really bad way if you're a coach. So maybe Sean Marks and Joseph Sy and Kyrie Irving all believed that Kenny Atkinson was not the guy, 100% not that dude. Um do you agree to any of that? Um, I think, I mean, as as the least sexy option, I think that that one maybe has the most, like, sort of meat on it. Mm, um, meat. And, <laughs> and and the timing of it for me feels like, you know, like a lot of people felt the same way. You know, it if you're if you're charting this thing out, like I was saying, like six, seven, eight months, a year out, you this is the sort of softest rollout possible uh, for your star players. Like, it really kind of alleviates a lot of that pressure long term. Um, so Sean Marks could be playing some 5D Chinese checkers here. Um, but I don't know. That's that's possible. But here's the thing. All the other candidates, I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like there's, like, some issues with each of them. I mean, is Greg Popovich really looking to uproot a 20-year career? Yeah, so let's do the – let's just run down the list and we'll just dive into each and every one of them together. So Mike yeah. D'Antoni's – one, because he's in the last year of his contract. Everyone believes that the Rockets don't win the championship, that Daryl Morey could be fired and Mike D'Antoni could be fired. Greg Popovich is a guy that's on my list, um, partly because I can't imagine Popovich, you know, finishing out his run with the Spurs, but just a crap bunch of crappy teams. Like, I feel like he has one more coaching job. Ty Lue, because he won a championship. He's Coach Kyrie. He's that kind of presence that a lot of players really like. Smart coach. Like he, he would fit a lot of boxes, but again, his issues with Kyrie, Mark Jackson, Rich Kleiman's dude. And then Phil Handy is a list that I haven't seen many people mention, but I just <laughs> want to point out it wouldn't win a name. Phil Handy sounds fake. Yeah. He was an assistant coach on the Cavs when Kyrie was on the Cavs. And within that Jackie McMullen piece I referenced, Phil Handy was described as Kyrie's confidant on the coaching staff that Handy was like the closest person to Kyrie at that time. And right now he's a Lakers assistant um, under the Vogel, Jason Kidd, Lionel Holland staff, the, the crazy staff that that is. So, like, if you're really looking for surprise names and if we're believing that Kyrie Irving was a reason why Sean or why Kenny Atkinson got fired, Phil Handy's a dude you just watch out for. Um, who among that list intrigue you, Brian? Well, Trevoy Chinny 
on Twitch, thanks for yes, hanging sir. out, says, what about Tibbs? Tibbs is another name for you. Tibbs Add it to is the another list. name for us. Yeah. Yeah, but does Kyrie Irving want to get yelled at no. by Tibbs for Hell no. 82 Nobody games? Wants that. No. Um, so the thing is, like, none of these, like, each of these guys, like, Dan Tony, he's been around so long that there's not a whole lot of, like, it's weird because, like, part of what made Kenny Atkinson an intriguing option is that there could be another, like, ceiling to him in the sort of, like, Brad Stevens tacticianer kind of realm. Although the mystique of that had definitely this season, like, worn off. I think that, like, by, I mean, currently, like, with the aforementioned blemishes, statistical blemishes, that narrative was starting to run out of steam. Um, but like the most attractive coaches in the NBA are those kinds of like sort of system tacticianer kind of guys. And D'Antoni is a version of that and he's a very highly publicized version of that, but he's sort of in a weird arc in his career, right? Like there's not a whole lot of, um, thrust. There's not, like, I don't think that like, it'd be an interesting headline, but it wouldn't make me feel super confident about next season. Like with Mike D'Antoni at the, at the reins, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. But I think... So to me, this Houston run has proven, obviously, because they had the Knicks and it was he was bad with the Knicks. He was bad with the Lakers. Kind of forget like that he's he's coached all these like like people already forget that he coached the Knicks, but he coached the Knicks and the Lakers and was bad in both places. But he has turned this Houston thing into a real sort of star making place that has elevated a guy like James Harden, who really actually wasn't that highly thought of when he left Oklahoma City in the trade. And turned him into, you know, a multi-time MVP candidate and at least a one-time MVP winner. So he's the so the most interesting to me is Popovich, obviously. I mean, that's not like a crazy thing to say. And I this is has not been reported. And this is like the furthest flung possibility of all of these guys. Of course, Pop is so entrenched in San Antonio. And you spoke to it. Like, does he really want to uproot his life for the end of his career when he's entering the end of his career? to then coach a team with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. But I will say he has coached them before on Team USA, um, you know, as an assistant next to Coach K. And he, Sean Mark's relationship. Um, and if I'm Popovich, do I in fact want, if if I feel like I can still coach, like he's coaching Team USA, um, he still has the desire to coach, it seems. Do I want to end my run with DeJounte Murray? And uh, Lonnie Walker the fourth, mm. and you think that he's like egocentric enough that like his his ending legacy is like super super important to him. Like he's not good. He's not ready to hang it up yet. I wouldn't even classify it as that, but I'd be like, <clears throat> would you just want to coach a bad Spurs team that has no future, or do you want to coach the Brooklyn Nets <laughs> right after the like just for, in general, yeah. like just not even like a ego thing, legacy thing. It's just like on just a pure like basketball talent level. Yeah, that's an easy decision for me. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And, and if and if you're like he's been a guy who kind of does his own thing his whole life anyways, seemingly over the past mm-hmm. 20 years, at least like what? So then again, I don't think Spurs fans would be furious that he left. It would actually let them reset because I think their rebuild has been stalled because the team continues to try to compete even though what they should do is like tank and get back down to the basement again and then build back up letting him go letting greg popovich go to brooklyn would be um a pretty great thing to let this guy end his career with like a really strong team to go for another title win i don't know where he's at versus phil jackson i think greg has five um phil jackson has an insane amount of championships but you know Go for it. Yeah. Um, Ready for two more crazy names that are yes. appearing in chat? Ooh, yes, please. What do you think of this name? Triboy RNS says Coach Cal. 
Big big name drop. No. <laughs> no. Name drop. And you if you're rolling your eyes at that one, get ready for this one. Please don't your boy Doug Berg um and Chinny are talking about Jason Kidd. Return. The oh, return no. of Jay Kidd. <laughs> oh, Come no. on. Come on, fire up the headlines. Talk about not a tactician. Um famously like the again, the Milwaukee Bucks fire Jason Kidd, hire Mike Budenholzer, and may win an NBA championship. Another coach who has been fired before the team possibly wins a championship. You'll just see it all throughout the NBA. Um, do you want either of those two dudes? No, I don't. I, I love the Coach Cal drop, though. That's amazing. And and especially because everyone had assumed Cal- Calipari would become the next Knicks coach because him and Leon Rose's connection, Worldwide West's connection. It's like, no, actually, he goes back to the Nets and coaches. Oh, God, I would not want to see Kyrie. Coach by Coach Cal, like not not a personality thing, but like a, uh, gosh, that would be horrible. Um, I honestly, like, if I had to rank these coaches, just like before any reporting comes out, God, who would you say is the most likely coach? We should probably over the next like week or two come up with some real deep cut, like the the thinking man's uh, hire guy who probably hasn't had uh, like a head coach job before, sort of uh, the, the next Brad Stevens. Who are the sleepers? Well, Brad Stevens coached at Butler, but no, I know, but like at in at the professional level, um, Prigioni, Chini saying, <laughs> like you know, a couple of sleepers like that. That's pretty good. I would take <laughs> that's a Prish. pretty good one. Um, yeah. I think Phil Hand. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna credit myself, but Phil Handy's yeah, a, Phil deep pool, a deep cut for sure. And I think that's like one of those most likely. Like again, you have to look at the line of thinking. So if we believe that Kyrie had any role in Sean Mark or in Kenny Atkinson's firing, I don't know. Why I keep saying Sean Marks is firing. Um, then wouldn't then also Kyrie have to be happy with the next coach, right? Like they're not just going to hire. They're not hiring some. They're not hiring Tom Thibodeau if Kyrie and KD don't like him. They're going to hire this person based on his relationship as they should with those two players. Mike Brown, I guess, could be another name. You know, he was in he was in Cleveland, I think, with Kyrie for sure. But I'm sure Kyrie probably hated him. And he was in Golden State with KD. So, like, is Mike Brown, <laughs> does he get resurrected? Oh, God, this is insane. Mm. Um, I think, you know, I think we can leave it at that unless you want to dive into anything. I mean, we're going to talk about this a million more times. No, it's, let's also just remark on how weird that headline is again. Like, it's such a weird day. Like, I think, I mean, now that we've talked about it for an hour, it feels like we've normalized it. Um, and I want to quickly un, unnormalize it, denormalize it. Yeah. Um, because like, what a weird thing to happen today. I was not expecting this at all. Yeah. It's bizarre. It, it's completely bizarre. You know, it's like the whole structure of, we had this Karis LeVert game on Tuesday, and then we ignore the Memphis game. What Memphis game? That doesn't exist. And then we have the Spurs blowout. The Nets blow out the Spurs. Everyone's feeling good and happy. There's all these like fun little uh, videos of Kevin Durant, you know, on the internet. There's actually there, you know what? In fact, there is a Kevin Durant video on the internet right now because he's like working out at the practice facility. Yeah, he was so, doing squats. Yeah. By the way, squats is like a really like if you can fucking do squats, you can play basketball. Um, just so everyone knows. But if you have a torn Achilles, but um, can you can you ask me if I think this changes the fact that if Kevin Durant comes back this season, can you ask me that question? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so weird question. This actually just popped into my head. Um, so Mike, do you think that this has any effect on whether or not Kevin Durant plays this season? I mean, is that something that that's crazy? I know. Sorry, go ahead. I don't know if I can answer that, Brian. That's a really good question, though. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, I don't know, man. It's so freaking nuts because I've always obviously I've always believed that he was going to come back. 
maybe firing Kenny Atkinson was holding Kevin Durant back. Maybe this is the move that Kevin Durant didn't want to play. No, I'm not. Wow. I'm not reporting wow. that. Tinfoil firmly on head. It's a. It's so great, and it's like the timing of it. You know, it could be even like worse. Like it could have been at like 3 a.m. You know, and yeah, that would have been crazy. Like to get a Woj bomb at 3 a.m. But it's like, what was it like nine o'clock? We yeah. we're starting our day. We got our morning coffee, and yeah. and there's a proper press release. There's just a, a press release, and which let me just dive into for a moment. Talks about mutually agreeing that the coaching change would be in the best interest of the team. Like after discussions with Kenny about the progress of the season, we mutually agree that a coaching change would be in the best interest of the team, which is a wild statement. It's like <laughs> Kenny himself came to Marks was like, Kenny is such a good coach, such yeah. a, a a show like a, a a monk of basketball that he was like, I need to leave this team for it to flourish. I yeah. need to go. What yeah. a what a martyr. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've taken this as far as I can, and I want to leave it with as many blessings as possible. And in, in the press release, again, it says, this was an extremely difficult decision. However, the organization believes it is one that is necessary at this time, which I just want to yeah. point out the dichotomy of saying it's a mutually agreeing parting of ways, but yet the organization believes that it's necessary. Uh, which which puts more agency on the or- organization itself. I'll um, say this though: if Sean Marks is like really like shouldering more than fifty percent of this decision, he's like expertly like politicking his way into muddying the waters. I mean, he seems um, it is it is very difficult to sort of point to who is responsible for any of this decision. But it he he made it definitely seem like they're still boys, like ride or die. Oh man! Do you think can, one last question for you? Yeah, more pressure on Char Marks now. Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like I think, uh, yeah. I mean, I wonder if if he's feeling if I mean if this does come from the top, the top, Mike, he's got to be feeling a lot of pressure. And we're gonna talk about this a million more times, and I meant to say it earlier. So if you're still here with this podcast, gosh bless you. Um, the same organization that just fired Kenny Atkinson, the guy who again built their franchise, um, is also the same organization that's gonna take that killer mindset into free agency and the trade period at the end of the season mm-hmm. the season ends oh yeah to go after some big names like you yeah. don't fire kenny atkinson if then you're just going to continue to keep karis lavert jared allen spencer dinwiddie joe harris like to yeah. maintain not, status quo is not happening you're not giving joe harris uh like a, a handshake specialty wink nod big payday you're going after bradley beal you're getting cutthroat mike yeah so th- this this to me obviously beyond them firing their head coach like this big biggest signal is that that no more nets playing around like no more like nice little bump up culture blah 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 blah. no we're they're going in on making the biggest impact possible while they have Kyrie Irving and KD on their roster yeah um and then also by the way again there's videos of Kevin Durant doing squats so he's ready to play basketball just so we're um cool mike emotional podcast i hope you're doing okay ultimately you know i hope that this isn't going to affect you in your day-to-day is my hope it's wild kenny atkinson if you want to talk about it come on the pod man please yes place to be we did have billy king on a year after <laughs> we did we were the um, first new york media to talk to we billy were king. the first that's shout out to us how did like, that happen that, again <laughs> what a DMs weird thing to have happened um where can they find us, Mike? Where can the people find us? Yeah, we probably should have done that at the top on our yeah, on this episode. But um, you can find us on netsdaily.com, The Athletic. Get 
40% off any other subscription to The Athletic at BK Glue Guys on Twitter. Um, Five stars. Why don't we need them? Got to have them. Got to have them, man. Crazy day in Nets history. And I'm glad yeah. you were all with us listening to it. Thanks, everybody. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Yeah, boy.